Welcome to the Jazz Piano School Podcast, episode number 211. Welcome to the Jazz Piano School Podcast. Learn jazz piano without all the guesswork. Now, your host, Brendan Lowe. Welcome to the Jazz Piano School Podcast, where we have one mission, that is to help you achieve jazz piano freedom so that you can express your true inner soul and emotions instead of having to copy what others have shown you. Now, we do this by providing structured and organized jazz piano education on specific jazz piano tools that you can then take and use over any tune so that you have complete jazz piano freedom. All right, welcome to the Jazz Piano School Podcast, episode number 211. My name is Brendan Lowe, creator and founder of Jazz Piano School. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your support. Oh man, I'm feeling I'm feeling really, really good, really excited, really appreciative. And we just launched and released Jazz Piano School 3.0 um, last month, last couple last week right yeah last week man it's it's been a flurry it's just been a complete just whirlwind like days were meshing together I've been welcoming all the new uh, members new students that took advantage of the our open enrollment period that um, are now in Jazz Piano School 3.0 I've been um, doing all these different types of uh, fixes and things like that and trying to help people as much as possible but man it's been absolutely fantastic and the response we're getting is incredible and I'm so happy like that's exactly what I wanted from this new platform to put into the world you know I wanted students to be happy I wanted to deliver a ridiculous outstanding product right a ridiculous outstanding wow amazing just unbelievable experience for people that when they log in it's just like oh my god like speeches like this is the most incredible thing I've ever seen like that's what I've always wanted right now I'm I you know I peruse other people's courses you know (laughs) and uh, I'll check out I'll check out my I don't like to say competition because I really love all everybody who does other jazz piano websites Um, all the educators out there it's amazing what everybody's doing online these days Um, I'll check them out you know and um, it's hard I'll just say it's hard it's really it takes a lot of work to develop a product that's different right that doesn't look kind of like cookie cutterish these days in the online world a lot of things look the same because what happens is that like people start using templates these like kind of user-friendly templates like okay well the lessons are over here now you put the materials here and you put the video here you know it's like it feels all the same that's not what I wanted to build jazz piano school I mean I've always had a clear vision of literally making the Ferrari the Lamborghini of jazz piano school this ultimate elegant amazing experience you know just fine dining experience but that that includes everybody though that includes everybody like a very welcoming open but clearly you can tell these people are paying close attention to the details you know what I mean so I think we've I've gotten very far I'm still not completely there yet I'm, I'm definitely a perfectionist I mean I it's a double-edged sword because I I work so much I work so hard and I never rest I barely rest <laughs> and even now like even at I've come so far and we've just released this like even now I'm just like how can we make how can we make it better how can we make it better how can it be better it's it's honestly amazing and terrible I mean but I think 
part of the gift. I don't know why I'm like this, but like <laughs> now I'm not comparing myself to Steve Jobs or, or these other amazing, brilliant people. But I think part of the double edged sword is that some people, including myself, like we don't it's just like, what's the next thing? You know, like, how do we keep improving it? Like, that's all we ask ourselves. I mean, the, the actual work and journey is what I take pleasure in. It's not the satisfaction of finishing something, although that is very satisfying. It's the journey that drives me. You know, it's the journey that is fulfilling to me to work on these for so long. We were closed for 11 months. And before that, we released Jaspion School 2.0. That was okay. But again, I was like, no, this still needs to be better. We scrapped it. I scrapped that entire thing. That entire platform released two years ago in 2.0 and then shut down for another 11 months, released 3.0 last week, you know? Now, I'm not going to shut down for another 11 months, trust me, um, because that was was horrendous and terrible and it felt so bad in my my pit and my stomach because we had students and people and even you listening right now um you know people would come and be like hey why are you closed i want to i want to get in you know and i'm like ah i'm so sorry we just can't take new students on like it's just not ready the product's not ready we're trying to improve it we're trying to upgrade upgrade it so that we can give you a wow experience you know so that's what what i've done that's what my team and i have done and it's incredible so what happened is that we had our open enrollment And we had a bunch of discounts and bonuses, and that was awesome. Now, Jazz Piano School is not going to be closed, closed. um, But that kind of portion of it, including the bonuses, that's over. Now, if you still want to join, we are open. I'll say, I'll tell you this, but we don't have as many options um, at the current uh, time. So we... um, we have a monthly option. Well, you can just go to the page. I don't need to explain it here. But go to jazzpianoschool.com. Um, just check out the membership info section, okay? And you'll get at, you'll get all the info about joining. So you can still join. We are still open. So um, this was kind of like a launch party release that we threw for this, but we are still open. I'm not going to be shutting down. I'm not going to be completely closing. And... Um, We'll be going back to our normal thing. So we offer specialty courses. We offer um, mini courses. And obviously, when you sign up as a member, you get access to the full success path curriculum, the lab area, all the goodies, um, instead of buying them individually. You know, Some people just want a single course. I don't recommend that, although I'm not going to, you know, that's not my philosophy, I should say, where, where it's at. But I need to kind of deliver what people... And there's a push and pull. <laughs> I'll say that because I, I do want to help you. And again, sometimes you guys just, you need a little, you got to get to know me. You got to get to know my style. So you don't want to just sign up for, to join Jazz Piano School, become a freedom learner immediately and just get, you know, thrown into our community. You want to see what it's all about. So you, you get a course. I understand. I understand. It's no problem. But I highly, highly recommend, I always recommend signing up for the membership because that's going to be the best way to actually move into our entire world, the Disneyland of Jazz Piano School with the Success Path curriculum, with the lab area, and again, any specialty courses too that you want to add on. So anyway, enough of that. I have an amazing podcast episode coming at you. Now, some of you may have heard of the band Snarky Puppy. And if you haven't, definitely go check them out, okay? Um, it's not for the old school jazz lovers, that's for sure. <laughs> it's the uh, it's the young whippersnapper band, okay? The more modern stuff, okay? The more modern 
jazz. I don't even know if that's what you want to call it, uh, quote unquote jazz, but definitely, definitely something you got to check out. You should, I always believe you should check out all sorts of music. Check out as much music as you can, all any music. It took me like a year to get used to train. And he's one of the just best jazz musicians that ever lived, right? And I like when I first heard him, I was like, "Oh my god, this is awful." So it takes a it takes a little while, and you and, you know slowly but surely, then you're like, "Okay, I kind of understand what he's playing here." Then you start to be like, "Okay, yeah, I I feel it. I feel what he's trying to put down," and then eventually you're like, "I love this. He's speaking to me," you know. So it's a journey, and our it's a fun one too it's fun to actually not like something and then listen to it over and over and over just force yourself to do it and eventually you'll find more things that you start to relate to and you start to realize that's ear opening eye opening well ear opening <laughs> anyway lingus lingus is a snarky puppy song that blew up and it's on youtube you can watch the video and they had these live listening or yeah live listening sessions where everyone's wearing earphones because they're using a lot of electronic music and it's amazing. So Corey Henry is the organist slash pianist slash keys slash synth player, just a savant, just playing at the age of five. He has this documentary on him. He's playing organ like he was just a pro already, honestly, at the age of five. It's, it's unreal. So Sterling Kozo, one of our amazing educators, what he did was he's, he's breaking down Corey Henry's solo over Lingus because it's mind blowing. It's legit just unbelievable, like unreal. And to be completely honest with you, a lot of the stuff that he's playing, I literally don't, I wouldn't be able to analyze it for you. I love analyzing things. I love saying, okay, this is what's happening here. Um, This is, you know, what's being played here is because of this. I love putting the pieces together. That's what Jazz Piano School is. That was my whole process to put Jazz Piano School together, to give you a systematic, structured, and organized path. But guess what? I can't do that. I literally can't do that. And uh, Sterling, he does a great job demystifying a lot of the thing that's, a lot of the stuff that's happening here. Um, And power to him, you know, Sterling's amazing, amazing, brilliant educator. He's going to be getting his master's degree at Manhattan School after COVID. So that's going to be awesome. He's going to get even better. <clears throat> Excuse me. And yeah, he does a fantastic job kind of talk. So this is going to be two parts. It's going to be part one and part two. So this is going to be part one. And then we're going to deliver the part two um, to you as well afterwards. All right. So that's it, guys. Hey, thank you so much for being here as always. Thank you for for listening. Um, you know, it's it's me talking. It's always funny because I when I'm when I sit here and talk, it's funny. I, I should do like a behind the scenes look at the podcast, right? I, I kind of sit at my piano and I look at my screen and I I just talk to you guys. But it, to you, it sounds like I'm speaking to you. But to me, it sounds like it looks like I'm speaking to no one, <laughs> which is just it's very ironic. You know, it'd be cool if I could like do a live podcast and I could. I guess that's what a live lesson is really, but sometimes I just like talking without playing. I would love to speak to an audience, more like a masterclass, you know? I should do some live masterclasses with people's cameras on so I can see all your faces, you know, and get to get to know you guys. But anyway, the podcasting thing is funny because it's, it's um, when you do it by yourself, it's just like you're speaking to no one and it's, it can be lonely, you know? I don't know, not it's just like, not lonely, but I don't know, just strange, I guess, like weird, just talking, but you get used to it. Obviously you can tell I'm comfortable. Like I just, I just let it all out. 
I don't, I don't really hold anything back. And when people start to go into podcasting, they're, they're worried or not, but it's just like, you know, it's like kind of like a journal entry in a way, just letting out all my thoughts. Anyway, my revelation is that you guys actually listen and I get emails about you listening. Like I got an email today from someone who says, Oh my God, I love your podcast. I love the YouTube channel. And that's amazing. Like the more you guys can let me know that, that you're here listening and you support me. I mean, not to sound self-centered. I mean, that's, that's a huge pickup for me because I don't really know, you know, like if you guys don't send me comments, if you don't send me emails, like I don't really know, like, Oh, is anyone listening to this? I mean, we can check numbers and you know, for sure, you know, and find the data and analytics, but it doesn't really give me an inside look into actually how you're feeling about things. But anyway, I'm just kind of rambling now. (laughs) So super excited that we had, uh, the launch last week and this is an amazing episode. We're going to keep releasing obviously the podcast, um, till kingdom come just forever in the lick of the week as well. We're trying to get some new different types of content going for um, free public content um, as well. So we have different ideas on that. That'll be coming soon. And uh, yeah, let's dive right in. Here we go. Hey, everybody. This is Sterling Koza here for jazzpianoschool.com. In today's podcast lesson, we're going to be checking out the Notorious Lingus solo. This is a solo that Corey Henry famously took with his group uh, Snarky Puppy. Uh, led by Michael League, and uh, I personally love this solo. It's one of the greatest synth solos, Um, and obviously a lot of people think it's great too because uh, that video has at least 20 million views now. So that solo has definitely gone down in history, and it makes you wonder, why is it so great? I mean, obviously he's playing just a face-melting solo throughout, but what the heck is he doing you know so we're gonna take a look at a closer look today at this solo uh, looking at a little of the inner workings what makes it tick Um, and so there are also PDF practice materials available for this podcast so I highly encourage you to check out the PDF uh, for free in the description below you can download it and follow along with this lesson and we are also posting weekly Lick of the Weeks. So this past Lick of the Week was actually the, the Rhodes intro to this solo. There's some really crazy chords in there, so I highly encourage you to check that out as well. And um, another Lick of the Week will be posted uh, with a link in the description here with a playthrough of the entire uh, first part of the solo. So just to get a sense of the flow, uh, if you haven't heard the solo already, please check that out. Uh, It'll make a lot of this make sense. So without further ado, let's get into the solo. All right, so there's two important things to note about this solo. First is what's going on behind the solo. So the band is actually playing an eight bar vamp. And that vamp is based around a rhythm, which sounds like this. And so that vamp goes through four bars of E, could be E minor, could be E major, depending on where he's at in the solo, and then two bars of C major, a bar of A minor, and a bar of F major. So Corey plays with those chords throughout and reinterprets them as he moves through the solo. The second thing to note is 
I kind of hear this solo built in sections. So he takes you know a couple of choruses and then moves on to a new idea, uh, a new sort of uh, stage of the solo, and that's what really builds this solo, uh, you know, to the next level. Uh, each stage develops until he reaches a climax at the end, and that's I think what really makes it so great. So we're gonna go through. Uh, section by section and talk a little bit about what's going on in each one. Alright, so let's get into it. Here's the first section. So this first section is based on a lot of blues vocabulary. So he's playing in the key of E minor in this case, and he starts off with just a plain old blues lick. But let's see where he takes it. He adds a little pitch bend. Uh-huh, okay. Here's where he starts to depart from the blues. He instead starts with this phrase with a fourth line. Right, a line built in fourths. And then some A major. Some more pitch bend. And all of a sudden we're in a new key center. This is over the C major chord and we're hearing some G minor blues. And then we're back to A minor, this time with an A minor major sound. A mi minor major 9 chord, a little bit of a tongue twister there. And then that resolves to the E minor. Okay. And then we get to uh, another blues, blue note there, the flat five, except this time we hear diminished seven. So here's the next section. So we're starting off with some E diminished 7. So we hear that melody uh, going through the, the mode, the diminished mode. And then arpeggiating up an E diminished 7 chord. And then we resolve on B, except we get to it with a series of chromatic notes. Some more E blues, E minor pentatonic there. And then we get to the A minor 7 chord again, this time with a little bebop vocab. A little jazz in here. He's arpeggiating around 
A minor 9 there. Another enclosure of the B. And he ends the phrase on F7 this time. That E flat there uh, resolves back up to E. Alright, and here we are at the next section. This is sort of this arpeggio idea that he begins with. Here it is. Alright, so beginning with this E minor 7 arpeggio, he sort of gets the James Bond thing going on here. That is E minor 7, E minor 6, E minor flat 6. So that's that D, C sharp, C, B. And then he does it again, except displaces it by a 1 16th note. And goes up an E minor chord and down an F major 7 chord. We got some more arpeggios coming here this time. This time into the land of uh, F major here. And it resolves to the A minor chord. Goes down the A harmonic minor scale. And then back through F7. there uh, but he quickly takes it in the opposite direction I'm gonna turn my page here quickly taking it into fourth land uh, and all of a sudden we're in a whole new uh, tonality here so he goes up up some fourths and then up a half step all of a sudden we've got an F sharp major chord over E uh, and descending in a chromatic line here let's take a closer look at that pattern so this is a uh, major chord shape going down in major thirds with a couple chromatic notes in there So we've got sort of a, an E major chord next to a, a D flat major chord next to a B flat major chord. So major chords going down in minor thirds. But add those chromatic notes in there. So that's something to practice there. Uh, and let's keep going. section so we get to sort of a temporary climax here after a couple chromatic notes with the B on top 
climaxing at the C sharp. All right, and this is where it really starts to get real. A lot of chromatic notes here. Let's see what happens. Let's take that a little slower. <laughs> a lot going on here. Doing my best here. Let's see. We got we start with the C sharp. Some more chromatic notes here. Straight out of the chromatic scale. And all of a sudden we get some pretty dissonant chords here. We've got an E diminished major 7. And then an F sharp. Going up, F sharp. We've got an F sharp sharp five chord here. So let's look at this whole phrase. So he's alternating here between F sharp diminished major and F sharp sharp five. So that's a pattern. But this line goes by so fast, there's no way you can hear these notes. But it's under his hands. So that's what makes it sound pretty cool. Let's keep going here. And we all of a sudden we go up a G major 7 sharp 5 chord to a climax ending on a G. And that ends that phrase. So a lot of chromaticism going on there. All of a sudden in the next section. Uh, he brings in the left hand with some of these chords. So let's hear these. All right. So this is really the hallmark of this solo to me, is the part where he brings in the left hand and he's playing in tandem with the right. going on here we've got a melody on top harmonized with a G major chord uh, and now we've got A over E ending on E minor 7 and then he brings back the G and the A followed by A minor 7 and all of a sudden we get over the G uh, the C chord and we've got a G minor sound now G natural minor scale going on up here. And he ends over an F13 chord. 
And this section is where it really starts to get real. So he starts bringing in some reharmonized chords here. We've got sort of the E diminished major sound going on here. And then he goes up to E altered. And then we start to go down sort of an E7 harmonic minor. So he's combining the F major sound with the E sound. C minor C chord he actually makes it minor this time with some passing chords in the left hand and this time he makes the A an A7 altered chord and the F he turns this one into an F13 with a sharp 9 and a sharp 5 Some real jazz chords going on here. Some real extended harmonies. And this time he resolves to a very colorful E major 13 with a sharp 11. Sort of that F sharp over E sound again. We've got uh, some more right hand activity going on over the left hand chords. Staying with that F sharp over E sound. And we get to the C chord, and this time it's a C major 13, very colorful chord. And some more bebop vocab going on, and we get to the A minor. see what happens next all right so he really is uh, developing this idea of the chords uh, in the left hand matching the melody in the right. Um, if I had to guess, I if I had to guess what he was thinking, I would say that he was really thinking about the top note of his left hand chords. It's matching exactly uh, in the right hand. So that's really probably determining his melody. C minor sound again. Uh, and then we're going up chromatically. We've got G flat F, A flat G, B flat A, C to B, and then finally F to E minor to resolve. 
dramatic buildup there. All right. We are getting through this solo. Uh, here's where it really starts to get real. Uh, we end on that big climax. And all of a sudden, the left hand and the right hand are doubling exactly in the melody. So we're starting off with sort of this chromatic idea. Tonic, and then we bring back the some more of those chords. We've got F sus to E, E minor to D, F to E major, G to A minor, F7 to C, and then F goes back to E. And here comes some more of the uh, chromatic things in the in the in the melody. And then here comes some C minor, some C minor pentatonic. So here we have some C diminished scale in both hands. And then here's the next section. We'll take this pretty slow. There's kind of a lot going on. section a lot of chromaticism uh, we start off with some fourths ending in E minor and then we take it up a little chromatically with that uh, ascending idea taking that through some keys Descending chromatic melody again. And then we're on to the next section. So we're getting close to the end here. We've got a pentatonic idea that's going to be taken up in half steps. Let's hear it. There we go, and we 
get to the end of that section, let's take a closer look. So we've got E minor pentatonic, that melody, and we take it up a half step to F minor, F sharp minor, and then it becomes a little fragmented. And then new idea. We've got G major over C. Now A minor 9. We get to the end of the phrase and we've got E flat F resolving on E. So we've reached the final section. This is the big climax. Uh, he's been playing a bunch of really high chromatic notes. I don't even know some of the stuff he was playing. But uh, we get to the big climax ending on E major. Very triumphant. So we've got some E add 4 here. part of the solo. So after that sort of E add 4 section, uh, he's sort of winding down, making his way back down the keyboard uh, with a little bit of uh, fancy scale action. Sort of kind of a split third kind of thing going on. And then some C major 13 again. fourths here and some A major and then the band is in and that is the end of the solo so we made it through all those different sections we heard a lot of blues at the beginning we heard some bebop language in between and all of a sudden he brings in those chords, those left-hand chords moving in tandem with the melody, and he really develops that um, and ramps it up by taking it through some real chromatic fast lines. And then he brings back those chords uh, to really even take it up even further. And uh, finally, there's just a lot, of, a lot of chromaticism going on, a lot of shredding, uh, taking some ideas up half steps, and we reach the final climax. Uh, with the E major add four, uh, real triumphant sound, and we made it to the end of this part. So I hope you got something out of this transcription analysis, uh, checking out some of these chords. Again, download the PDF so that you can follow along if you haven't already. Um, it's really helpful, a lot, a lot going on here, and the PDF will have uh, chords analysis in there uh, to help kind of get an idea of where we are in the solo. So I hope you enjoyed this, and uh, be on the lookout for that lick of the week in the description for the playthrough. And uh, thanks for joining me. See you next time.